This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Greetings and welcome to this week's Storables Podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Um, jumping back into the hot button topics, uh, we're pushing on forward. This week's hot topic, uh, or hot button topic, I should say, yep. is going to be over abortion. Um, last week we brought about uh, homosexuality. This week we're getting into abortion. Now, Again, it's a very hot-button topic, and we still keep the same disclaimer. Please, if you are going to post comments, uh, keep them clean, keep them respectful. Uh, again, we're going to go to God's Word, uh, facts that can be found, and uh, things of that nature, and just bring bring those to light. So, um, first and foremost, I think that uh, we should probably establish, you know, exactly what is abortion by definition. You know, um, abortion is uh, the ending of a child's life before they have a chance to be born or even shortly thereafter. Um, right now, there's a lot of that stuff going on in the media. A lot of things are coming to light. So, um, which, which is kind of interesting that we would even have this topic this week. Right, right. So. Um, and it's, you know, it's, 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 a real, it's a real solemn uh, topic. You know, I mean, it's... In and of itself, it's the ending of a life that never really got a chance to be. Yeah. Um, you know, so taking that into consideration, uh, pulling from Scripture, the very first one that comes to mind, and it's probably one of the most blatant ones, is one of the Ten Commandments. Um, you know, thou shalt not kill. Uh, we want to clarify that whenever it uh, talks about killing, it isn't, I mean, because someone will bring it up and say, well, you kill in a war, you mm -hmm. kill in various ways. Well, what Scripture is saying, the word for kill there actually means murder. Mm -hmm. So to take a life that, uh, I mean, purpose, purposefully or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. such as taking the life of a child or whatever, killing another human being, I mean, without, without the context of there being like you're fighting a war and stuff or you're fighting for your freedom or whatever, but it's talking about actually murdering someone, taking their mm -hmm. life. Purposely. You know, and looking at it from a murder standpoint, in order to commit murder, one of the key factors that you have to do is you have to devalue human life. Exactly. You have to take the human portion out of it. Because to see them as human is to give them value, to you know show that they are deserving. Well, yeah, you essentially dehumanize them. You, as you're saying, you remove the actual personhood from the person in your mind, and then you, I mean. You know, murder occurs eternally first. Mm -hmm. You basically dehumanize them internally. You sit there and you say, you know, that's not a human being. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, you're tearing apart with hate and everything first, and then you act on it. Mm -hmm. You know, which that brings in 
to question because, you know, with the subject of abortion, there are those who are completely against it. There are those who are completely for it. There are those in the middle that say, well, it's okay under certain circumstances. And again, to Brian's point and to the point I was making, even that middle ground is still justifying and dehumanizing um, victims of rape. Well, because of the the vicious act, this horrible thing, that thing growing inside you is not a human. Yes, it is. It's still a child. It still should be given the exact same rights to life as we are. Yeah, given there's a ton of emotional stuff attached to that. Um, there are tons and tons of studies that show that deal with that kind of thing, but the fact of the matter is, you don't know who that child will become. Well, I mean, you've heard that. I hate using cliches, but you've heard the cliches too wrong, so don't make it right. Yeah. But the thing about it is, and I'm and I'm I'm sorry to come at it from this angle, but but this is what speaks to me. I mean, let's say that a woman did get raped. Yes, I mean, horrible, horrible thing. The thing about it is, think of it from this standpoint. How can you say that you're better than a rapist if you're willing to take the life of a child? Yeah. I mean, though you, you, did not, you did not plan that, it was a horrible act that happened to you, but how can you justify that? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I, just, I, I don't understand that. Well, uh, looking to Scripture, Psalms 139.13 says, For you formed my inner, inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. So the fact is... God knows us before we're even born. Yeah. He actually knits everything together. And the way that a child is formed is fascinating. It's, it's, I mean, by the time you know that you're pregnant, so much has already formed. Well, yeah, it's a very intimate thing. And that, that, that scripture tells you that every child is from God. Whether you intend it or not, God knows it. There is no accident with God. You know, and on the flip side of that coin, you know, we've got the side of rape, but you also have the accident, the unintended, things of that nature. We've, we've covered this. We all make choices. We have the choice to say yes, we have the choice to say no. Scripture tells us that sex is something to be, uh, Held dear. It's meant for a man and a woman to come together in matrimony, in marriage. Well, it's sacred. I mean, that's is, essentially yeah. where we're going in the direction of this podcast is that, that sex and stuff like that are sacred. It is. So, you know, a lot of times when someone gets pregnant outside of wedlock, well, they've got to come up with some way out of it in some cases. There are those out there who, you know, make the choice to keep the child. But the fact is... Even the day after pill, the, you know, oh, I made a mistake, I can go take this. It's the exact same thing. You're ending a life before it even has a chance to be there. But you can rewind it even further. You have to make that choice. You have to make the choice to do what you're about to do. You can just as easily say, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go this route and choose abstinence and something like that has no side effects there's no emotional detriment that can come from having an abortion there's no lingering side effects 
You know, at the very worst, I think you might get insulted for, you know, choosing not to go that far. And you'll learn patience better. Very much so. Um, you know, and kind of also going, uh, looking at the uh, the sin aspect of it, you know, with rape and other things of that nature, um, well, you can actually go back to the very first podcast of this series that we're doing, the woman uh, that was about to be stoned. You know, Jesus said, let he who has no sin cast the first stone. And to Brian's point, two wrongs don't make a right. Because something happens doesn't mean that you have to make the ultimate choice and end a life. You don't have to commit murder. And, you know, as, as the news progresses, a lot of stuff is coming out about abortion scientifically that shows how the process goes and things of that nature. And it's, it's horrific. It really it's is. It's a lot more gruesome than that's actually being revealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things that I'd like to point out uh, in this, you may wonder how this quote actually fits here, but this is something that spoke to me, uh, and it's actually accredited to the Greek philosopher uh, Socrates. He f- supposedly fam- famously said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Well, my question is, what then can we say about the life that has never been given the chance to live? Mm-hmm. If, if a life is given essentially some sort of worth, according to Socrates, you know, as far as living, that you have to examine it, that you have to look at it and see, you know, well, this is where truth is, this is where this is. Well, the thing about it is, what about a child that is not given the chance to live? That's, I mean, essentially, do they not have worth? Mm-hmm. And uh, then what also can we say about ourselves? I mean, we've given ourselves some degree of worth or whatever, oftentimes, and, I mean, thinking ourselves, you know, building ourselves up and everything and thinking mm-hmm. our, ourselves is so special in some aspects. The thing about it is, what do we say about ourselves for allowing such acts to happen? Well, not to mention, you also have to look at, you know, define when life actually takes place. You know, what what are the key factors of life? Hmm. A heartbeat, you have to have blood pumping. Well, a heartbeat is early on in the pregnancy. Um, to the point that Brian was making also, you know, we're not capable of saying, you know what, I really don't like my son. I just want to kill him. You know, I couldn't get an abortion early on. I really want one now. You know, what's what would be the definitive difference? Well, uh, I mean, one thing to note, and this is a level of arrogance in my opinion, who says that we have the authority to determine when a child is a child and when they are not? Who says we have the authority to define what a human being is mm-hmm. and not? I mean, that's ridiculous, in my yeah. opinion, but uh, moving on for a second, uh, let's, 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 let's hear some statistics and everything to kind of bring this more into perspective. Okay, we know that Roe uh, Ro vs. Wade occurred in January 22nd, 1973, and the United States abortion have, have risen from 775,000 in 1973 to about 1.6 million annually. We also know that, <laughs> excuse me. Of those that are unintended, one out of every two is aborted, and this essentially means that the U.S. approximately in the U.S. approximately one in every four pregnancies ends in abortion. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's a bit of an epidemic, if yeah. you don't, if you ask me. You know, and it's not just limited to the United States either. There are actual ships that will go onto the coasts 
of other countries and perform the same thing. And believe it or not, abortions are a form of eugenics. Um, it's ending a life, and usually the people that it targets are the ones that are usually in financial stress or could easily be taken advantage of in that time. They view the pregnancy not as a joyous thing, but as a crisis, as a, oh no, what am I going to do kind of situation. Well, again, I mean, the scripture says that children are a blessing in your quiver. Yeah. I mean, anyways, let's let's examine a couple verses now. Uh, Genesis 1, 26-27 states, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him. Male and female, he created them. I mean, that's that right there displays our worth, our value, the fact that God made us in his image. Mm. And then he gave us dominion over this world. Yeah, so, so not, only, <coughs> excuse me, not only did he place value upon us, you can call this uh, value because of design. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're created in his image, so all of us have value that has been, and this is important, I'd write this down, this has been bestowed and not earned and not given by any other man. Mm -hmm. This is a bestowed value. So he gave us this, and he not only gave us value, but he gave us authority mm -hmm. uh, on this earth. You know, kind of taking a little bit of a, a, a tangent on that, you know, another thing that when it talks about value, we have to see that value in ourselves as well. Exactly. Uh, our, our society is all about you're not good enough. You, you've got to reach this level. But the fact is, God made us in His image. Each one of us is an individual. Um, you know, going back to Psalms, He knew our inward parts before we were even born. He knew who we were going to be. And we are an individual. We are a single person. There's nobody in this world exactly like us. There may be some that look kind of like us, but they're not exactly us. Uh, let's look at the next verse. Genesis 2, uh, verse 7. Then the Lord formed man of, the, of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. One of the most important parts of that verse that really just jumps out at me is that man became mm -hmm. a living being. What does that say to us? It says, being because of creation. Man became a living being at creation or at conception, mm -hmm. in this, in the, in the case in reference to what we're talking about, into the presence and not when categorized as such. Mm -hmm. So basically, in so many words, we became God made us a living being. He mm -hmm. breathed life into us, and there isn't anything in this world that categorizes us or even ourselves categorizes us as human beings or gives us that sort of... Uh, label or that sort of position but it is God that gave us that through the creative act mm -hmm. I think that's one of the key factors we've got to look at is ultimately our value is tied back to God it's because of God that we have value exactly you know uh, and that's something that someone who you know may not believe in God would easily be able to say well you know we we have no value that's it and that that's a sad existence because 
through God, we have so much to live for. We have so much value. We have so many amazing things ahead of us. Yeah, well, I mean, a mortal being has no inherent value mm -hmm. of themselves. It has to be bestowed to them. Yeah. Let's look at, uh, well, you've probably been reading the news or you've been hearing about it. Some sort of real-life example here. Well, we see it, we've read in Philadelphia that there's an abortion doctor that has been convicted of killing three babies born, which, in my opinion, it's been more than that, but the news says three. And uh, we've seen him as Dr. Kermit uh, Gosnell. And essentially, he's been attributed to uh, uh, dispatching newborns by snipping their spines, which is, that's what he referred to it as, and that ended in their, uh, their demise. And I believe also a woman may have died in the process, too, at mm -hmm. one point in time, if I read correctly. So that's something that's in the news right now. And and that is uh, newborns that he's been dispatching and stuff, and, and I haven't read all of it, so... Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, that's a very... Uh, as the more of it comes to light, abortion in and of itself is not portrayed to be what it truly is. You know, it's, it's not some clean, you know, just, oh, you know, clean act that, that there's that there's no consequences. It's mm -hmm. completely non-consequential or whatever. No, yeah. no. There's always consequences because a life began and a life is ended. Mm -hmm. You know, there have been, um, I mean, there are a ton of videos that actually go into detail as to how the process is. Not going to dive into it here but if you have access to YouTube which you're watching us on it hopefully so you know look up the consequences <clears throat> of it there are women that suffer emotional trauma because the body in order for a child to be born the body has to go through these transformations uh, increase of certain hormones decreases of other things um, it it changes the makeup to support this child perfectly and to terminate it that fast, the body can go into shock. There's all kinds of different things that happen. And that's a side that doesn't get shown. Um, you know, when you look at the way that it's shown, it's, you know, it, no big deal. In and out, that's it, it's done. But that's how a lot of sin is. On the outside looking in, oh, wow, that's... Not quick, so bad. Yeah, that's quick and easy. Yeah, quick and easy. It fixes my problem. Everything's hunky dory. But it's the backside. It's the reality that doesn't get brought to the light of day. And when that stuff is brought out, you see the pain, you see the sorrow, you see the tragedy. And given, not every person feels that way. We don't want you to think that we're making a statement that every person feels this way, but a majority do. Majority of people suffer due to this choice. Psychological scars are sometimes easier to hide, and sometimes they're not. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll probably be slammed for this, but I think that a better word that should be used here is infanticide. Mm -hmm. And uh, scripture actually speaks to this in various verses. I'm just going to list them here. You can look them up in your own time. I mean, there's Exodus 1 15 mm -hmm. and 16, there's Matthew 2 16 through 18, and there's also Acts. 719 but also child sacrifice took place in the land of Canaan that that's mm -hmm. if you read the scripture cor correctly that's one of the reasons that God used the Israelites in bringing them in was to punish the Canaanites because they sacrificed so, uh, some of the cultures are sacrificed their firstborn sons their firstborn children mm -hmm. to gods such as Baal yeah and you know it it falls under the exact same lines and again it's all about the 
value of life and how you see a child. You know, we've got all kinds of people complaining about, you know, my rights here, my rights there, you know, this, that, so on and so forth. But what about someone who can't speak for themselves? What about a child? You know, and that's something we, we overlook so often. You know, child sacrifice, it fell into the same thing. The child had no choice in it. He didn't, or she was unable to say, you know, hey, I don't, I don't want to die. I don't want to, but the choice was made for them, which... Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean now, it, I mean back then, they're they're sacrificing their children to to obscure and ambiguous gods or whatever that d- that didn't exist. And what are we doing now? We're sacrificing our children to the you know proverbial gods of convenience mm-hmm. and some sort of self comfort or whatever. How is that any different? I ask you. But well, I mean, whatever. Um, so that that essentially is covering. Those that have been born and then and, and then sacrificed to some extent. What about? I mean, someone's inevitably going to bring up the question. Well, what about the unborn? Is is there some sort of difference here? Well, let's look at uh, Exodus twenty-one verses twenty-two through twenty-five. And this is actually covering the law of Moses. If men struggle with each other and strike a woman with a child, so that she gives birth prematurely, yet there is no injury. He shall be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him, and he shall pay as the judges decide. Verse twenty three. But if there is but if there is any further injury, then you shall appoint a, as a penalty life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and bruise for bruise. What is this essentially telling us? It is it's telling us equality in being. And what that essentially means is all of humanity, regardless of stipulation, production, or recognition, are equal in regards to being in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's some differentiation in reference to personhood, but that's a little bit different. But in reference to being a human being, actually having being, that means that we are equal. Mm-hmm. And it it goes to show that it was comparing uh, the price of a man's life to that of the child, the unborn child. So if we actually use that method today, the world would be in a much worse condition. Uh, Actually, I think it would probably be in a better condition because people wouldn't be doing what they're doing because they would see the value of the life that's well, growing, that's uh, to be. Well, the thing about it is, we see some application of this mm-hmm. in some court cases where a mother is uh, injured, her uh, unborn child dies, that man is held accountable, or that woman is held accountable, and yet, we do not hold those accountable who go and have an abortion. How is that any different? I mean, I mean I'm sorry, it's, it's not. Ultimately, it's, you know one standard over here, one standard over there. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, we can't live this double standard of life. I mean, saying it's wrong over here, but it's okay over here, just because it was the mother's choice, you know, I, I hearken back to what's to stop, you know, your mother, my mother, somebody else's mother to say, you know, I really wish I had have aborted you, so now I can kill you legally, because... That's what abortion well, is. Well, I mean, how, how are we not going to essentially break our, you know, our moral necks if we keep 
twisting them back and forth to suit our own means. Uh, for those that think that, well, you know, the Old Testament speaks of this. Well, what does the New Testament say? Well, Matthew 18, six, uh, verses 6 through 7. But, who, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone, or excuse me, better for a millstone to be hung around his neck, and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Excuse me. A woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, and woe to the man by whom the offenses come. That right there, it shows us that children are cherished. Mm -hmm. They're cherished and that God loves them, uh, loves them deeply and holds a special place in his heart for the child. Well, as a child, you have a, well, coining from the Bible, you know, a childlike faith. You seek God in a way that as you get older you've been lied to you've gone through tragic events you have all these things kind of muddying the water that as a child you don't have that you can you can run to God you can you can well I mean even Jesus said do not suffer the children little children to come unto me well, yeah that's, that's the next verse I have yeah. here and it's uh, Matthew 19. Verses 13 through 14. And that one actually gives better clarification to the other one. But but you know they're right on the head and I'll leave it there. But, I mean, not only does God cherish the children, but he blesses them. And that's what that next verse shows is that he blesses them. I mean, children are counted as a blessing to us in Scripture. I mean, God praises their innocence. And he seeks to bless even those who have, uh, who have done no great work simply because they put their trust in him. Mm-hmm. You know, something else to point out, there's been a lot of different lawsuits of people taking their parents to court because of things that they the parents did to them as a child and winning the cases. So why would you why would the child be able to win these lawsuits later in life if it was the parents' choice when they were kids? You know, there's there's a lot of inconsistencies that you can find in this, and you know it harkens back. Just because the law says it's okay, doesn't make it okay. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of stories in Scripture. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were told, "You bow down before this this statue, this uh, pagan false image," and they said, "No, no, I. It may be the law, but I'm not doing that." And, again, it goes back to just because it claims that it's right doesn't make it right. Well, as you said it before, another cliche, but a good one, you know, we try to have our cake and eat it too. Yeah. But the thing about it, and, and, and what I mean by that is, we sit there and want to do what we want to do, and then we want to demand something from God. And uh, I jotted something down about this that uh, God actually spoke to my heart the other night. And what he told me is the single most safest place for a human being is in a mother's womb. Mm -hmm. And when that, <coughs> excuse me, when that place has been invaded and violated for means totaling to the utmost rejection, how then can we be so bold to expect or even demand love for anyone uh, from anyone else or anything else above or below the clouds? I mean, how can we sit there and demand, you know, God, you love me, and at the same time we reject the weakest of us? Mm -hmm. And we're not going, willing to love them. You know, one thing that uh, is important to note, there are a lot of famous people throughout history that if 
they had the same standard of living now, back then, we never would have had. Simply because, by our standards, their life was not worth allowing to go on. Yeah, I mean, some some of the name, or like we were talking about before the podcast, Beethoven mm-hmm. was one of them. Um, Thomas Edison, Abraham Lincoln, Einstein. You know, there's a ton of famous people out there that, again, by our standards, they should be, you know, gone. Um, an interesting thing, not name-dropping, kind of like we've already have, but uh, if you ever get a chance, and I just learned this uh, Sunday, uh, apparently Tim Tebow, uh, is one that was told to be aborted because um, the pregnancy that you know basically he was born from was a very um, dangerous one. Uh, they said, "Look, either you abort this child, or you're going to die." And they said, "You know, we prayed for this child. God's going to see us through this." And you know, you can kind of see where he's at today, and his mom is still there. Even the doctors who delivered him said this child is there's a, there's no medical explanation of why this pregnancy succeeded <laughs> and you know it harkens back to it's a god thing yeah. certainly you know uh and this is a, another quote I'd like to read in closing one of the most beautiful things about a child is that they restore feeling of wonder in each of us we feel that they have, uh, that we have seen it all, and then a baby takes its first breath before us, and we find ourselves shrunken, uh, shrunken in awestruck humility. Toddlers look at the world with fresh eyes and gra- gasp in astonishment. We reassure them that the sun will rise tomorrow, the moon is present even in the daylight, and the stars are secure in the heavens. But when they tell you that they love you with unconditional intensity and complete honesty, we find ourselves, in fact, reassured that love is the highest of morals, and begin letting go of some of the hate we have learned to pr- and we have learned and pray that they never feel. Their questions recall our innocence, their laughter and play awaken the dormant child in each of us. You can write any number of arguments, debate, and justify acting adversely to an adult, but why anyone would harm a little one I will never understand. When one such act is committed, it is universally dubbed evil, and regardless of spiritual or religious stripe, we suddenly desire for hell to be a very real place and when it comes to the perpetrator of horrendous acts against our offspring that it be standing room only let us still remember love though his love and pray for those who do harm for uh, <coughs> for it is in their uh, for it is excuse me for it is in that their gosh let us remember love though his love and pray for those who do harm for it in that is their only hope and so if you would join us in prayer, we would like to pray for not only those who have had abortions and not only those who have considered it, but also those who have committed them mm-hmm. as well. Dear Holy Most Gracious Father, Lord, thank you for first and foremost for your Son, who you sent for us, Lord, who, who you sent not just as a man, but as a babe into this world, Lord, so that we can see innocence, but also so, so that we would know you through him. Lord, we ask that you... Please minister to all the hurting hearts out there, Lord. I mean, there are those out there that have, that have had abortions, and they, they feel, you know, conviction for it. They feel you speaking to their hearts, Lord. And we ask that you please uh, guide and direct them in this time and also comfort them and show that you do love them, that you have forgiven them. 
Lord, we ask that uh, you also be with those who have uh, committed the act themselves, that have been involved in it. And we ask that you please guide and direct them as well. Draw them to you and let them know that you are God. Father, we pray for this community and all those who listen. And we ask that you please uh, help them commit themselves to you, study your word, and, and, and grow closer to you. Uh, we pray for this podcast that it grow uh, grow in number and and uh, in, in strength and intensity as well, but in your time and in your in accordance to your will. Please help all of us reach out in humility to others and show them how much that you love them. In Jesus' wonderful holy name, Amen. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and listening to this week's Still Ripples. Uh, as always, there's many different ways to get in touch with us. Uh, if you go to our website at www.stillripples.org, you can find a lot of different ways. Uh, we've got a Twitter account, uh, Facebook. Uh, there's even our uh, phone number that you can reach us at. That is one eight one six nine ripple that's r-i-p-p-l-e we also do google plus and obviously uh, youtube as well so mm -hmm. yeah so feel free like you said feel free to make comments on these these are touchy subjects so please uh be respectful keep it clean um you know we're willing to give as much comments as uh allowed uh, feel free to use the phone number to call us, give us a prayer request, anything like that. You can email us, message us, uh, many different things. So with that, I hope you guys have a blessed and wonderful week, and take care. God bless you.